God forbid that you step up and live a larger and a better life than what you are living today that may cause you to have to step away from some of those people who are saying that you can't do what God has placed on your heart. There are some people right now today, family and friends that I've had, you don't see them sitting in these pews and you don't hear me talking about them because what God has placed on my heart and the vision for this church is too large for me to go around running around talking to them about something that they can't stand in faith with me on when they can't even stand in faith for their own lives. If you've been running around with that same beat-up car for all of these years and I've lent you money over and over and over and told you what to do and how to get your life together and to leave that other chicken knucklehead alone and you still sticking with it, no, 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 no. I don't have time for it. You can't convince me about what I'm supposed to be doing when you're not even doing what you're supposed to be And here come the Pharisees. Jesus is gathering up all of these people who are starting to follow him and want to be with him. But all oh, the Pharisees come to say that Herod wants to kill you. Really, Pharisees? Or are you a little bit green and a little bit envious and a little bit jealous that I'm doing your job better than you are? Is Herod really out for me? Or are you about to try to set me up for Herod to get me? Consider the source of information when it arrives on your doorstep. Consider the motive of the people who bring the information when it shows up. If they're always running around trying to tell you about what can and cannot be done, consider the source. It says, Jesus says, go tell that fox. Someone said foxes are clever beings. But the truth is, is that they are very deceptive and wily. And they are actually a small animal that doesn't have much power. So the fox, since it doesn't have much power, what it does is it goes around preying on those smaller animals that don't have power and can't go anywhere like chickens. <laughs> chickens are the fox's prime prey and meal and what they go out for. Foxes seek to deceive them and get them to a place where they can eat them and have them for a meal. What I'm saying to you is some of the obstacles that have been told to you, some of the things about what you can't do that have been said, some of the tapes and the narrative that you have created in your own mind are nothing but foxes. They are deceptive little images and thoughts and visions and things that have been said to you that are simply not true. If God has called you to do a thing, if God has put a purpose on your life, a call on your life, a vision in your heart, that is the thing that is true. Do not let somebody outfox you and damn sure don't outfox your damn self. Call that God has placed on your heart. Do not let 
the foxes eat you up. I've already said I put a chicken propeller around this sanctuary. <laughs> All we want to attract is eagles that soar. So don't convince yourself that you are a chicken. You are an eagle. And eagles don't get consumed by foxes because eagles fly too high for foxes to reach. <laughs> Jesus continues his move here. He says, I will continue to heal people and to drive out demons today and tomorrow. I will continue on. Jesus is being totally reckless here. Whether Herod is going to kill him or not, there is something being set up here and Jesus says, I know that I'm about to cause some trouble and some danger, but I love people too much to stop. I care about people too much to stop. I can't stop healing the sick when the temple folks and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Wadducees and Seducees are not doing what they are supposed to do. I have got to be about my father's work in business and helping these people, even if it costs me my life. And so Jesus continues his move. He continues to move towards his calling and continues to move towards the cross despite everything else. There's an interesting quote in a book that I've, that comes out of a book that I've been reading, but it uh, actually comes out of another book. And Dory, you're going to like this. I know you're walking towards the back, but you're going to like this one. You <laughs> uh, sat down. I'm sorry. I'll hurry up so you can get to the restroom right now. <laughs> Uh, it comes out of uh, Ryan Holiday. He's uh, an author that's been writing a lot about stoicism. And stoicism has a bad rap today when someone says, oh, you're very stoic. And, you know, it kind of means that you're emotionalist and you don't respond to anything. But that's really not what the philosophy of stoicism uh, is about. And uh, I consider myself a student of stoicism. Stoicism is really about uh, keeping you from freaking out at every chance that life offers you to freak out. And actually being objective and understanding what is the response that is actually appropriate here. The truth is, we can't stop people from doing what they're doing. We can't make people do what we want them to do. We can't, you know, last week the AC was out. I didn't even know it was out, but there was nothing I could do during my sermon but keep preaching. No need to get mad about it. So stoicism is about saying, I'm not going to be stoic. I recognize that I'm angry and I'm upset, but what can I do about this situation? All I can do is be objective and say, this is how I want to proceed to handle this particular thing. So uh, Marcus Aurelius uh, was one of the last emperors of Rome. He was a student of uh, stoicism. And he wrote this. He said, our actions may be impeded. But there can be no impeding our intentions or our dispositions because we cannot, we can accommodate and adapt. The mind adapts and converts to its own purposes the obstacle to our acting. The impeding 
to action advances action. This is how he is as he says, what stands in the way becomes the way. Whatever it is that we have been outfoxed by that seems to stand in the way actually is the way. Ryan Holiday wrote a whole book about this called The Obstacle is the Way. Some of us look at our obstacles and the things that we think are holding us back and our limited resources and we stare at them and agonize over them and have grief about the thing that we can't get to. Oprah says that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, some of us say, oh, I have the faith of a mustard seed. This is the thing that I'm about to give birth to. This is the new thing that I'm about to do. This is what's about to emerge. And at the first sign of trouble, I can't do it. I don't have what I need. What happened? And we sit there and say, but I have the faith of a mustard seed. Some wonder, why isn't God answering my prayer? I'm staring at this obstacle. Why isn't God doing anything to help me get over this obstacle? Well, Marcus Aurelius says the obstacle is the way. God is already doing something. The obstacle is the opportunity for you to take that little faith of a mustard seed and figure out how you are going to get over, around, under that particular obstacle. Everything is just not going to roll in and be okay easily. The obstacles appear so that we can grow our faith and strengthen our resolve. If we get to the obstacle and decide not to use the obstacle to move forward, then we are missing the opportunity for spiritual growth. The obstacle has a purpose. And some of you say, well, you don't know what I'm up against. Do well. well, you say you have the faith of a mustard seed. Do you have the faith of a mustard seed or not? If you have the faith of the mustard seed, Jesus said you can speak to this mountain and this mountain will be removed. Jesus said you could speak to the mountain. Not God, not your grandma, not Jesus, not the Holy Spirit, not your pastor down at the church, not the worship leaders, not the deacons, not the trustees. Jesus said you could speak to the mountain and it could be removed. So whatever obstacle it is, we have to understand this obstacle has been put in place at this given moment and time for me to rise to this occasion. This obstacle is here for me to grow, for me to strengthen my faith and to get through it, to go around it or to go over it. We have got to build up that nobody is going to stand in our way kind of mentality. The problem is the timeline just is not what we wanted. God, I said this, I wanted X. And you want to get me to X, you want to get me to X, but I want to go on Highway 59. No. Why do you, this obstacle is redirecting me to I-10. That means I have to take I-10 to the Beltway, curve it all the way around, and then get on 59 North. I don't want to go that way, God. So many of us stay stuck on I-10. 
because we don't want to go the way that God is saying, well, here's, here, here's how you get past this obstacle. And we sit there on our tent, staring at the beltway, looking over back at where we want to go on 59. The obstacle is the way. Jesus said, I am going to push past these obstacles. What do you mean? Jesus kept on healing. Jesus kept on doing his thing. The obstacle became the way. If there wasn't an obstacle, if there wasn't a Herod, if there wasn't the Pharisees, like I said last week, there would not be a cross. If there wasn't that obstacle that impeded his action and got in his way that caused that cataclysmic court collision, there would not have been a cross. Therefore, there would not have been a resurrection. Therefore, there would not have been a Lent. Therefore, there would not have been an Easter that we could celebrate. Because Jesus could have said, I'm just going to sit here on I-10 staring at 55, 59 and not going down I-10 in this route and continuing past this particular obstacle. This season is a tough season for many, many of us. I know several of your stories. I know a lot of things that you are going through. I have to have my own struggles and worries and fears during this season. Just yesterday, I mean, something so simple and very trivial, but, uh, you know, Marcus does this to me every week, you know, we, uh, he was gallivanting all down the court all during Beaumont with my mom and I, and then they stopped and picked up the bulletins because, you know, we send them to you you know, down there by you guys. So they stopped at Montrose, picked up the bulletins, came to the house, and Marcus goes, well, are they supposed to be like this? Well, that bulletin that you have was like this wide. And I was like, why didn't he cut that? Every week he cuts that. Well, it's now 6.30 in the evening. They close at 6. And I'm like, I cannot have this bulletin be the size that it is. So immediately, the pastor that's preparing the sermon on the obstacle being the way goes in the freak out room. This could just not be, you know, and, and, and my mom goes, can't we just leave it like that? And I was like, no, 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 no. We can't just leave it like that. And she goes, okay, now you can like your dad. So I hopped in the, in the, in the truck and, and my brother, I have too many stories to tell about that. I'll, I'll save it for that time. So I hop in the truck and I go down to uh, Office Max and uh, I have them cut it and, and it just so happened I'm standing there and you know I'm, I'm uh, talking to the lady and, and they're willing to go ahead and cut it. Now all the way there I said, Jesus, because I used to work in a print shop and we hate when people are like, I need this done now. That's why people are in the print shop, so just let you know, because everybody needs something done now. I said, Jesus, when I get to this place, please let them go ahead and cut these bulletins because I might be a loose cannon at another <laughs> office depot and I am supposed to be preaching about obstacles tomorrow. <laughs> and so on the way there, Marcus goes, I just don't understand you know, you're supposed to be preaching about obstacles and you sit here all day <laughs> about the program and 
you sit here and have a whole attitude, and I don't know why you, how you gonna give that sermon tomorrow? Are you sure you know what you're doing? Then he says, and he goes into, because I do this a lot, but it is kind of annoying, but I'm like, he goes, we, we are attracting everything to us that we deserve, and it will be okay. They will cut the bulletins and everything. Is, but you know how it is. When you're in your stuff, you don't want to let go of your stuff. When you're at the obstacle and you're in your groove, it just feels good to be upset and irritated and angry. You just want to sit in it, just wallow in it for a long So I get in there, before I walk in, I said, let me get my attitude right, because this is going to, I knew enough to stop, to say, this is going to dictate what happens. So I got my attitude right, walk in there, I said, hey, y'all always give me, baby, you always give me out of the fine, can y'all help me tonight, I need two cuts, and I, you know, we had measured it and everything, and so she said, oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. So she goes and does it, and then another lady walks over to me, and she goes, are you a pastor? I said, well, yes, I am. I'm a senior pastor at St. Peter United. She said, really? Where is that? I said, in Spring Branch. She said, I run a nonprofit, and we're looking for space to rent out for our defensive driving classes. Wow. I said, can I get your car, and I will be in touch, and I will make sure my board of trustees is in touch with you, and they'll find out what, you know, whatever you need and how to schedule those things. Had I not had a misshaped bulletin, <laughs> had I not had a misshaped bulletin, we could have missed out on someone who can lease the space when the space is not currently being leased. Had I not have had the opportunity to get there, the obstacle became the way. Right now, today, we are staring at so many challenges and difficulties. I can tell you from personal testimony that's much more complicated than the one I just gave, that I would not be right here, your pastor today, had an obstacle not been put in my life at the age of 15. I would be in, a, in the largest church in this country, I'd still be right there, over all of 59, faking and fronting. Probably married, kids, and running out and doing all kind of other stuff I shouldn't be doing because I was not truthful and honest with myself. Instead, that obstacle became the way that put me in this pulpit. That obstacle
something crazy and wild, like rejoice when we come upon those obstacles. And when we come upon them together and you see your pastor going in the freak-out mode, you remind him or her that the obstacle is the way that God moves past all obstacles all the time. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Amen.